0: In this episode, Ryan and I discuss rock collectors, yes-men, and preconceived, outdated, false arguments against whole life insurance, and we had fun doing it. Thank you for listening, and hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs. Beautiful Saturday morning, downtown Alvarado, the center of the infinite banking world. hmm uh, the banking with life world uh <clears throat> so mr griggs you know got all fired up on a topic and wrote a dang good article because of it thank you
1: and so, uh some background you yeah. know
0: yeah no go ahead fill us in yeah,
1: so every now and then there's a, a facebook group private facebook group for nelson Ash institute authorized IBC practitioners mm-hmm. uh I'll check in every now and then. Anyway, somebody, this is June, 2021. I forget who, but somebody posted in the, in that group that there was another, another Dave, (laughs) another good old Dave Ramsey uh, YouTube clip. So Dave does this, my understanding is that Dave does this radio show uh, and then they're filming it on, on the video recording it while he's doing it. And then they take these little clips. They're like seven to 10 minutes long each. And then he, they put them up on YouTube. In fact, just before we turned the, everything on today, I was scrolling through his YouTube. I mean, there's... I mean, it's like video after video after video after video. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Um, but I think the re- the reason they're able to do that is they do it, the live radio show that I think is daily and for like several hours, and then they cut it up. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of talking. Um, we do a lot here. That's a lot. Um,
0: <laughs> I wouldn't have any idea. I
1: don't know how they have time for it, but... And, We could get into all that, but um, so Dave has this thing every few months. There's like a new attack on the infinite banking concept, or on the idea of "quote unquote" banking with life insurance, banking with life. (laughs) Uh, The last one was in November of 2020, and that didn't come to our attention until some time after it had been posted because we did for the episode for New Year's. We talked about it on.
0: Yeah, we nice. talked about it because on New Year on that New Year's episode, you showed up on a Saturday and hey, have you seen this? And no, I was aware of it, but you know, I know where my dog relieves themselves in the yard. <laughs> I don't need to go wallow in it, right? Okay, I'm just
1: saying. Jay's can't stand doing these kinds of videos.
0: <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, but it is what it is. You know, a weak defense is almost as bad or egregious as a weak argument. So I'll acquiesce and talk about the same stuff over and over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying on New Year's, on the New Year's episode, I was aware of it, but I have no interest in clicking it, you know, Mm -hmm. and listening to it until he shows up on a Saturday. And then he's like, oh, have you seen this? I'm like, yes, have you listened to it? No, so we listened to it. And so that's the background of the New Year's episode. So I got a little triggered. I didn't really have to, uh, the, the, the AV ninja, Andrew, didn't have to edit out any cuss words it's pretty good yeah pretty good but i was i was a little bit uh more reactive than i prefer to be Uh uh-huh but whatever the shoe fits
1: it happens yeah yeah so this video was posted june 4 of 2021 and who knows if it'll stay up or not but that's when it was posted and so i i wrote a i have a medium blog. medium is a platform long form writing articles that kind of thing so i i wrote it's probably like 3,200 or 3,500 words, something like that on it. Um, it's because it's so, <laughs> like I can't stop smiling about it because he's so egregious. It, it's so like over the top. <laughs> and arrogant. The, the people who are in the business of selling whole life are the worst of the worst, you know. It's scummy like was round the word all he used and over and, and
0: over. <laughs> scummy products, <laughs> scummy people. So, <clears throat> you know, once again, judging others by his own character, mm. right? Um, and, the, and let me, you know, the the Medium article, very good article. I mean, you brought out, you you like laid it out on what capital is and what money is and is not. And then terminology. You could have went probably a whole nother article on terminology. We've talked about it. A lot of people in the infinite banking world talk about terminology. And, and words are important. Mm-hmm. So... Very good job on fleshing out the capital, what money is, what money is not. And you did a a good job on words and the proper use of words. I'm just saying you could probably write another article or two on the proper use of words. Something maybe even I think that, you know, correct terminology Mm -hmm. would be more worthy than talking about some hucksters in the church. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, and, and, and don't misunderstand. I'm just getting down on the level And you talk about scummy this and scummy that. Um, and the disparagement. See, he's not the only one that's disparaged life insurance. I'm, I've said it many times. It's over a 100-year-old argument. He learned everything he knows from people like Crown Financial. Mm. Right? He didn't come up with a single, the debtor, serve it to the lender. No kidding. If you just crack open your Bible, you could probably find that. <laughs> I'm just saying, Okay. Um, so then what? How to get out of debt? He didn't come up with that. He repackaged it right from Crown Financial, who repackaged it It and repackaged since the 1930s. All right. And and then and then take it to the church and let's merchandise God's house. Yeah. And then feel good about it Mm. and then disparage everyone who doesn't believe everything that you believe. Once you get past, get out of debt. Yeah, I mean, it works for him, obviously. <laughs> What's
1: Crown Financial?
0: Oh, Crown Financial is a, the, the precursor to Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. teaching financial truths and economics into the church mm-hmm. and selling all their products to the church. I see. And, and so what? Uh, is that a bad per se? Well, no, but if you're going to disparage everybody from making a commission, and that's the only reason why an insurance professional does what they do is to earn a commission, mm. right? Well, oh, pray tell, why are your ELP-endorsed local providers paying you all that money, mm-hmm. right? So they can earn a fee or is it a commission? Wait, real estate people, salespeople earn commissions, don't they? And financial advisors, if there are any, I don't know how you, you go from, you know, uh, you know, some guy, successful individual in the church and then all of a sudden you're going to become a financial advisor to all of the people in your church that are paying god knows how much money to find out that you shouldn't be in debt Mm -hmm. right and then how to get out of that okay so I, i digress i mean i don't want to get completely down on his level but if you disparage somebody for making money commission fees or whatever but all of your people are doing the same thing and that's what you're promoting it's like a pot calling the kettle black yeah you know and then it's like who did Jesus Christ get mad get angry and throw out of the temple the money changers well tell me what what more is is, uh, the hucksters in the church nothing but money changers and rehashed information in the form of books and courses is their medium
1: what's the difference that's, that's one thing that and I know it puts me in an interesting <laughs> position because it's like, so I was baptized in uh, 2017. Yeah, 2017. So I here we are in 2021. Thank you. Yeah. It's almost four years now. So I didn't grow up in this. Yeah. Right. But now I'm around a lot of Christians often, right? Mm-hmm. You, clients, people in the infinite banking concept world. Mm-hmm. They, and that's, that's been a whole education unto itself. But to find somebody who really touts the christian thing that like dave does like you know he's a christian oh yeah grace
0: for me and law for you (laughs) i get it yeah that's kind of christianity
1: i'm all over yeah to do that and then and then to turn it into that the the really the typical finger wagging oh yeah like diminishing diminutive condescending kind of thing with the hokey central eastern accent deal I, i it's like kind of a spectacle you know Hello. You see, it, it's kind of like the, the fire and brimstone kind of like southern baptist style preachers who it's like hey wait a minute
0: i grew up Southern Baptist. well easy, you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs> it's like kind of a spectacle it's like a show and it's just it's like it's a little beguiling it's like like that it's
0: so much uh, it's beguiling such a, look that word up in the greek very good word
1: it's such very a production good. you know it's like yeah I, so i'm sort of captivated. i'm like kind of awesome like wow it's like There's so much that I see that goes into it. It's really from the, you know, the co-host thing. We were talking before. (laughs) The
0: worthless rock collector. (laughs) He added no value to the uh, to the conversation. The three and a half minutes that I had to endure.
1: <laughs> look, if you haven't watched it, I'm not telling you to go. I'm not going to tell anybody to go watch it. But if you know want to know what we're talking about specifically, we're referring to the co. There's a co-host. So Dave does the show. He's got a co-host. Which if they have to pay to be on there? I just wonder. I know. I so I, w- my first impression of watching these little clips is that this guy is paying to play if there's if if people aren't familiar like if you're a service providing professional of some sort there are local radio programs podcasts people all over the country who will offer you the opportunity to pay them to go do like a a, an interview a quote-unquote interview or you can write a book that
0: way too right here you pay them and they'll write you a book Right. Put your name put, on they it. They put
1: your name on it. They call you the author. The whole ghostwriting. There's a. I mean, there's a whole industry around this. A very big industry. And so to me, like, hearing what the, the yeah, you call me yes man. He. I mean, it's just there. You call him a rock collector, <laughs> well, which I think was great. Well, he, he brings up this bizarre, super simplistic. It reminds me of economists. A lot of economists throughout the 1900s, earlier than that even, uh, in order to talk about money, to... to discuss some sort of theory of money, they often use examples that don't include money to talk about like what money, the context of their examples, money lists, and then Friedrich Hayek did this whole thing about capital, his whole book on capital doesn't include money. It's like, How do you do that? How do you talk about capital (laughs) without talking about money? Uh, So it's a really popular technique. And of course, this guy is not thinking he's some sort of economist, he's using their techniques. I just thought it was a funny, similarity is that he's like you know in whole life if you take your money and you pay it to the life insurance company and then you're going to get the money back and then you're paying the con- company interest you use your own money it's okay. kind of like taking the rocks it. from one side of the yard and <laughs> put them to the other side and taking them back it's like okay so you're a rock yeah, collector this right. don't just don't feel bad about it just call you, you know <laughs> call it, it wait, of wait. your collection
0: this is this is I i couldn't help it okay um yeah it doesn't even make any sense dave but this is the power of marketing. I mean, the message here is really look into stuff. I love that people call and get advice on this. Like you're really looking into stuff. Yeah,
1: just look into stuff. That's the yeah. Key. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
0: talk about the power of marketing. How do you sell millions and millions and millions of dollars of ad hoc repackaged information in the church without legitimate marketing?
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, like, they're just trying to save people, see.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, but but really, you know, you really dig into this stuff, and 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 does it make sense? And if it doesn't make sense, why doesn't it make sense? It's like, you're really digging into the infinite banking <laughs> concept in this seven minute clip, or any other. You can spend all day talking about it, and you'll, you'll just continue to show your ignorance and your arrogance. Yeah. Um, but you're not really digging into anything. I mean, let's. Let's be real. But, hey, uh, just keep making the money in the church, man. To
1: answer answer your question, my my impression is what was my question? Is he – does he pay to get there? Does the co-host pay – so there's the Ramsey Network. There's this whole production behind it. I I get the impression that these are those EOP-type people who just pay for the top tier – of the marketing funnel. So like we'll they're working here. they take, with they him. pay
0: for the most referrals. They pay the most or I don't know, maybe they, they don't all pay the same. There's different levels. I can be an LP, not me, because I write whole life insurance and I wouldn't want to be. Oh, there's somewhere for you to fit at any place in the funnel. No, I'm sure, no, no. As soon as you say whole life, everybody <laughs> strokes out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm just saying, I know the local realtors like, you know, uh, everybody's a realtor. Right or a loan originator while the market's up. When the market cracks crashes, they're all going to move over to the life insurance industry. <laughs> right? But if they're still there, you know they're paying two hundred fifty, five hundred, fifteen hundred dollars a month to be an ELP. I don't know. You got it. That's a lot of money, right? So you must get a lot of referrals from all of the, um, you know, the the little the people that that buy into this fake narrative that you don't need life insurance and. And whole life comes from you gotta pay your premium for your whole life. Oh my gosh, it makes me wanna throw up my, my mouth a little bit. It's like, no, whole life comes from you'll have coverage your whole life, unlike term, unless you die early. Yeah. Right. So I'm just saying the guys or the people, the professional quote unquote, that pays the most for the referrals. What, what's new in the financial world there?
1: Right. Nothing. Okay. Just dressed up and put on camera.
0: Exactly. Well, they must have an awful lot of clients and, and I'm sure that's just I'm like sure they do.
1: one more level. You know,
0: you pay this amount, you get this amount of information or this many reports, you pay this amount, you know, then we'll put you in some ads somewhere and then you pay this amount and you can sit up here on stage. I don't know.
1: I think that's one of... I think another tier is probably like a co-authorship or a forwarding. Sure. You know, the guy <clears> that... listen, we don't... We don't have rock to collector. have
0: facts, do we? I mean can't we just talk about conjecture and innuendos and then using use insulting language yeah i mean
1: well we're having fun i mean i will get to what i think his the problem is there like i I do want to be technical about it uh like i am in the article but there is stuff like the aesthetic of the whole situation that is worthy of commentary like you've got a person who is clearly adding nothing in terms of the Rigor, the substance of the, the content. We'll call it what you want of the conversation. Uh, yes, man. There's nothing there. Yeah. There's. It's just so that Dave's not the only one talking, right? And so you, to mix it up or whatever, because there's no value add. I well, mean, they God have bless more them, than
0: sir. one camera, so they need to justify all the cameras to have different angles.
1: Yeah, can I, I I mean, justify the production cost, to justify the business expense, to pay less oh. in tax. I don't know what it is, but there's <laughs> it, it's. Uh, there's a production team behind it. There's clearly a very conventional strategy. I don't know the rock collector guy. I'm sure he's great. This is just the one little bit of time that I've seen him talk, so it's not really about him. Try to keep it about the ideas that are so, that are so difficult. But when when they go on and they're so critical, like rock collector guy says, you know, the, the whole life people are liars. They're manipulative. You know, it, it's all personal ad hominem attack. It's sure. It's not let's... Here's like here's a notion. Let, let's listen to what the people who are in the infinite banking concept or what they call self banking, which it really it all Brown. comes down to the IBC. Right. If, if if they really wanted to take on the merits of what we others are talking about, they would actually refer to what we say, right? The because when I when I listened to this and was thinking of writing something, because I know my people enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I I really wanted to find like what was what's the core error like there's all this pomp and circumstance and you can criticize the production and the whole marketing spectacle and all that No, I think all that's worthy but when you get down to it like where's the crux where's the core of the error right so Dave did you find the core of the error I think so I think so perfect I don't I mean there's at least some that explains where everything else comes from as far as I can tell so far. So Dave's thing is, <laughs> if you're gonna pay for insurance with whole life, you're gonna pay, you know, quote unquote, 20 times more than you would pay to a term provider for the same amount of death benefit, right? And Dave says, for the, he always says, for the same amount of insurance. He doesn't distinguish between insurance that lasts your whole life versus insurance that lasts for a yeah. shorter <laughs> amount of time. And that that's why it's cheaper. We
0: don't have to be technical if we're just being, you know, using emotions. Right
1: windows. So that, that That's where it starts. And then he says, okay, so you're overpaying for all this insurance. So a very small portion of your premium actually covers the cost of the insurance. The rest goes to a savings account. $95 out of 100 Right. And these are all air quotes, right? Because this language is not good. It's inaccurate. <laughs> it goes to a savings account. And the savings account earns very little to no interest. Well, it doesn't. Right. Now,
0: if, if that were true, and it's not... How does the insurance agent get all those god-awful commissions
1: if five dollars well, is going that, there that that's why like all that big chunk that a, a big chunk of your premium that doesn't go to insurance that doesn't go to your savings account goes to the agent making the commission is the allegation right that
0: well which the, argument's true they're they're mutually exclusive
1: i think his point as long <laughs> as for him as long as for him, the amount of the premium that's covering the cost of insurance is very small. He can lob whatever bomb he wants at the rest, right? Sure. Uh, All he has to show in his mind is that this consumer's getting scammed because he's a consumer advocate. On the way here, I was watching some of his other videos just to see like how long he's been doing this. Oh my God. I know, (laughs) I know. But he's been doing it for a long time and fair play, he's consistent over time. This is consistently the message, right? You overpay for death benefit. The agent gets a chunk of the commission. Uh, or the, the chunk of the premium that doesn't go to insurance and doesn't go to the savings account goes to the agent who makes all the commission, right? Front end loads and all that. And then the, the individual will get virtually no cash value in the early years of the contract. And it'll take forever for there to be any significant cash value growth over time. All right. So that's where he starts. And then the idea, so then you add the policy loan part in, right? And so in this video, he, he's like, you're going to, It's the rock thing, right? You're you're moving (laughs) rocks from one side of the yard to the other. And then when you want to use your money, you then have to pay the insurance company interest to use your money. Pay them interest. Right. So the idea is your cash value, and I think this is where it gets, this is the crux of it. His. Implicit assumption is that your cash value, the equity, the capital and dividend paying whole life, will virtually or effectively or essentially always be less than your cost basis. It'll be less than the total amount of premium you pay well, no, in. No, he, right?
0: he did say he used that example, which you know, he said about that I read about five things that were true. Everything else was innuendo, accusation, and judgment of others by his own I think you'd be
1: hard-pressed to list five things that were true. Okay, let's see if I can. (laughs) All right, number one, he says
0: better than he deserves. That's truthful. Oh, okay. I think he is doing better than he deserves. (laughs) Number two, it's not a term policy. That was correct.
1: Yeah, the listener called it a whole term policy. Yeah. Dave said, no, it's and a whole term. Not- he
0: said free. that cash value grows tax-free. This is a lie. It is not correct. It's not a correct statement. The cash value does not grow tax-free. That's straightforward. True. It grows tax-deferred but it's accessible tax free and he bashes loans later and <clears throat> then he says withdrawal he talks about it, he doesn't even use the correct terminology yeah but if you have 50,000 and you and you take it out you're going to be taxed on that well if you have 50,000 above what you put in right how could that even happen if it's such a scummy product right right how could that even happen so if you make withdrawals above your basis it is taxable at ordinary income tax rates, no question, that's truthful. And then he says, "It's not a Roth. It's not even on the same planet." That's
1: that absolutely correct. Yeah. Oh, well,
0: you're doing good. This is good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I can count. Right? <laughs> and then uh, the uh, rock collector, you know, he said one thing that was I thought was truthful. It shows the power of marketing. You know, it's like the only thing. I, I mean the just look at that whole program and how they've infiltrated the church like a cancer and tell me how successful marketing is they're a prime example of how successful marketing
1: is yeah so marketing does work tell you what there's plenty of people in the ivc and related world who wish they could be as successful at marketing as dave ramsey (laughs) oh
0: no question oh no question the the wall street loves him yeah
1: yeah. All right, so let me, let me chase you. this down. So that I do agree that he does grant the possibility. I just, there was a. I did. You did five. five. Good job. I'm impressed.
0: Plus one for the <laughs> rock collector.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's, he does grant the possibility that there could be a gain. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Two thirds about the way through, he's like, he refers to that $50,000. And it's not clear whether he's referring to $50,000 of cash value over and above the cost basis or just $50,000 of cash value. Without reference to the cost basis, it's not. It wasn't. Well, clear but the me. way
0: it, it has to be above your basis for it to be taxable. For
1: it to be taxable. So, I mean, but people, even if you have cash value in excess of the cost basis, uh-huh. if you haven't received the cost basis back in some form of other distribution, even if you have a, a cash value gain, you take a cash value gain and you take a partial surrender, yeah. but you take a partial surrender and receive a distribution that's less than the cost basis. There's still no taxable. Yeah, no
0: question. So uh-huh. life insurance is is uh, FIFO accounting. First in, premium. Last out. right FIFO. First first in, first out. out. I'm sorry. First in, first out. Right? So, if I have anything above my basis, you're exactly correct. The basis comes out first. And it is not taxable. Oh, because it's a return of premium, it's a return of capital. Period. Yeah. You know, whatever terminology you want to use. And then withdrawals above that is no question taxable will ordinary income
1: taxes. Yep. So I, I think that's why Dave, so I, I think the presumption is that the cash value will always, well, virtually always, basically always be less than the cost basis. <laughs> well, and, and so that could, a part of this that was puzzling to me at first when I first watched it was he gets like all bombastic and shouty in talking about how debt is not taxable so two layers to it right he confuses a policy loan with a policy loan indebtedness right a loan is a loan it's not debt a loan causes the debt but setting that aside he, he he isolates in the best way that he can the fact that policy loans are not taxable cash flows in the way that income is taxable and he he makes it seem like people who are advocates of the idea of banking with life insurance are making a, a, an, making a big deal about the fact that policy it's loans are magical. taxable, and that we shouldn't be. <laughs> like, like he, he thinks it's oh obvious gosh. that loans are loans and they're not taxable. Okay, Dave, well, all right. That, and fine, if you think we're over-exaggerating, whatever. But but that's why, like, he, he thinks that the interest cost to the insurance company, that that cost, the cost of getting a policy loan will always be overwhelmingly burdensome. It'll always be, anything in whole life will always be a net lo- net lose, a net loss to the individual because they're either going to have less cash value than they do cost basis. And if they try to get to their cash value by policy loan, they're just going to pay additional costs in the form of interest to the company. So you've got, you're, you're paying more than you're getting in the form of equity. And then when you go to get to what equity you do get, you're paying additional costs. Like I, I think that's the the background. I think that's where he's, Trying to come from whether or not it's authentic or genuine. beside the in, point, but in this I think one call, I mean,
0: in this one, it looks to me like it was set up from the get go, right? Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm just assuming. Like it he is did. pretty
1: consistent. Like, On his arguments? Yeah, yeah. There's no question. All the that, other videos. I'm not,
0: I'm not saying that he's not consistent at all. In this article, in this episode, he's talking about loans and the idea of collateralizing cash value and how that's a bad thing. The previous one is dividends. The previous one is, you know, term is better than whole life. Yeah, he's consistent. He's consistently wrong about life insurance. Wonder why? Why? I don't know. And I don't think it begins here. I think he's got to go much further back. I could be wrong. As a young, arrogant man thinking he's knocking it out of the park and gets all, you know, uh, entangled with the magic of real estate and then loses his shirt financially and has to file bankruptcy. And then, oh, he's mentioned these mutual life insurance companies by name in the past. And the assumption would be that he's purchased one of them.
1: He has. I watched a video. He
0: said, "Oh, okay." In early twenties. He had, both. <clears throat> yeah, and then, I, and then and then, he so he's it. never gotten past that. Yeah. So, I, who knows? Uh, frankly, I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> who cares? I mean, it's like, listen, if you if you weasel your way into the church and merchandise God's children from a holier than thou perspective grace for me law for you and you get wealthy it would be hard to see the truth yeah or to even entertain any opposing idea i understand especially if the whole setup
1: pays really well (laughs) (laughs) of course
0: yeah you gotta weasel. listen the wolf doesn't go to the to the sheep yard you know um it's like the fox and the hen i mean where are you gonna go he's lost yeah (laughs) huh it's like okay and then and then uh, the preachers and I love you with just all they love right um, if you'll preach the truth they'll come uh, so why why and, and once you get out of debt okay and isn't that biblical the servant is uh, I mean the borrower is servant to the lender <clears throat> I mean do, do we have to have an in-depth conversation to see that that's the fact that's that's true well here, here you no. Know, it what wait, wait let me say and then look shouldn't i earn more than i spend i mean isn't that fundamental I, yeah. and i get it when we're really young and we can get caught up in credit card debt and all these things but you know at some time we have to mature right and face our responsibilities and our obligations even if they go wrong right can't you Shouldn't you go back and correct them? Like, I don't know, make all the losers in the bankruptcy situation whole? Mm. I don't know. I'm just saying you should. Do we? Not all. We know we're all human. We all sin. Great. So um what concept beyond getting out of debt is of value? There's to me, there's not. It's all it's rhetoric. it It is all rhetoric. Yeah. And it's all like I've got to beat a product up. Right, because I had a bad experience with it's it, a or bag. because it's just the opposite of what I want to do, what I'm promoting, what I'm getting paid to promote, and what I'm getting paid very well to promote. So it's easy to say, yeah, I'm going to do this, right, or, or I'm going to beat them up because it's going to help me over here. It's like, wow, can't we? just back up and, and kind of look and pay attention to see what's really going on. This is not research. This is not diving deep into anything. Yeah. You know, this kind of rhetoric creates uh, other rhetoric
1: from ignorant people that won't research. So let me round this out. Okay. Okay, Cat, hit it for him. Cash value is gonna be lower than the cost basis. Yeah. Paying interest to the company to get quote unquote your money back yep. is, a, a you know, you're losing twice. You're, you're losing all over the place. Yeah, stupid a, the, everybody's
0: losing, but the commissioned salesperson. Right, you're,
1: you're a doofus, you're, as he says. Yeah. All right, so. Oh, very disparaging. Christian nice board. Christian polite demeanor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, so here's the problem. If, if we, if we make one adjustment to his own set of assumptions, if we say, well, it could be the case that in fact, your cash value, your equity, your capital becomes Way, way more than your cost basis. Like that might even be one of the reasons we're doing this in the first place. Is yeah, but would it, whole would life it, is somewhere where you can build way more capital, way more cash value than what you pay in. Like if you assume that, like the the implicit assumption or the the implicit implication is that for Dave is the cost associated with accessing whatever value you do build, whatever value you do build at the in the contract in the in the form of cash value at the company, whatever value that is, the cost of getting to it is going to, in the form of interest or you know just lack of liquidity, those costs are going to exceed whatever value you get. All right, so the, the 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 scenario where we consider the possibility that you've got way more cash value, that the value accumulated in the contract it is actually greater than the costs involved with getting to it. Like if, if that were the scenario, well, what then? Would, would quote unquote banking with whole life, would uh, intentionally, deliberately building up cash value in whole life be a bad thing if all the value could accumulate was greater than the costs involved with getting to it? by policy loan or what have you, what then? Like, is this someone stupid because they're getting to all of this cash value, all of this capital that's greater than what they've paid in and they're getting to it in with through a, a method, an instrument that he makes fun of, that he mocks, right, the policy loan, which is a tax-free, me- so, so I'm gonna get access to all this capital which is greater than the, what I paid in and I'm gonna do it on a tax-free basis and I'm gonna control the loan, I don't have to pay it back, I can if I want to, it'll uncollateralize cash value if I do, but where am I losing in that? What what? What's wrong with that? Okay, well, well that never comes up, right? Because it's, the, that scenario is, Preempted. It's 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 made impossible from the get-go by the with the implicit assumption that cash value will always be less than cost basis. He's hooked on that. And in my article, one of the very first things I point out is you never hear a distinction between base and PUA premium. I mean, there's there's never a discussion, and I mean, we get it. Policy loans or policy design is not everything. Premium structure is not where this starts. I get all that. But if we even miss the basic observation that there are different ways to fund a whole life insurance policy, if we just gloss over that and we accept the unspoken assu- his unspoken assumption that the way you fund these things is with base premium only, because that that that's the only way you could. Imagine the life cycle of a contract where cash value is less than cost basis for a long time. Is if you assume it's base only premium. That's and then if you only look to the earlier years of the contract, right? You've got to you've got to constantly uh, narrow or. Uh, b- You've got to constantly be more, relatively more short-term minded. You have to look at the short term, the immediate, the, the the trade-offs right now, in order to hamstring the example, in order to uh, prepare it ahead of time, and. and as a way of sort of reverse engineering a conclusion, right? The con- he wants the conclusions going to be that you're an idiot if you do whole life. What? And th- that's the whole argument. Yeah. The
0: narrative. But, right. But Your then, whole argument but then, is based on
1: if the, that's the, the conclusion. End result
0: to be that conclusion. Right.
1: Yeah. If that's the conclusion, then we hamstring the, the the setup, we hamstring the assumptions so that when in talking through it, oh, we'll just <laughs> arrive at our conclusion. I mean, it's very clever, right? It's a, it's a very... Marketing, Uh, baby. Marketing. Well, it's an effective method of persuasion, and you could call that manipulation. And... You know, I, I don't want to get all, like, finger-waggy in the way that he does, but it's like, listen, if you start ignoring, are you like, angry, bro? all of these things. <laughs> well, see, okay, so here's the thing, this, and this is the find, reason. Oh,
0: this is the group. If you want anybody to be mad at you, you want this group to be yeah, angry Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, you're, you're real tough. That's great. Uh, you know, I know you don't it's like. like a
0: windshield warrior, huh?
1: Yeah, I know you don't like going through, like, the people who are like popularly diluted like the guys like this like the financial (laughs) entertainment people it's like we're saying the same thing over and over again but here's my thing i have clients who have and i say this in the article who i know have benefited in some way from consuming stuff that he puts out now whether that has to do with the content or the rhetoric i think a lot of the stuff has to do with the rhetoric and i'm not even i don't want to be too harsh on that because some people need a certain style of rhetoric in order to get motivated to do things that you and i might think are kind of basic like hey it's okay to you know not be enslaved to a conventional debtor it's okay to make more than you sometimes you need
0: to come off angry and and uh and and arrogant yeah. for certain people, right? They need the strong man argument. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do, but he seems confident, right. or they seem confident, so I'm gonna do it, I get it.
1: And and, so, and for some people, that and some people in the past have been in a place where that was what they needed at that time. And so, Like what I don't like are the other people in the IBC related world who go on YouTube and it and their responses or their defense of the infinite banking concept is like of the same quality that the attack is. Like if it's (laughs) if we're just responding with smoke and mirrors of our own in order to justify our method of marketing as opposed to somebody else's well now we're just, it's the blind leading the blind. We're all going to end up in a ditch. <clears throat> like I, I, that's why I want to go like to the very core of the problem and, and, and say, okay, well I, I get what, like I, in the article I try to, it, it, I hate that it's become so popular, but steel manning, right? Trying to make somebody else's case as good as you can for them mm. and then dismantling it. Like he takes the opposite approach, right? It's a, it's the classic straw man kind of thing where you fictionalize the, yes. the opposition, right? The, the, his way of doing it is that all life insurance salesmen are like in the November video, trying to sell a dividend or you know, we're all scummy or manipulative or liars, right? So we straw man that. You know, how hard is it to be better than a, a line right. manipulative straw man, right? Ooh, clever, you know? <laughs> but then you get the thousands of views. I, yeah. So it's, you know, there's an app, there's a market for that and it's worked for some people in the past and if people have gotten okay. value out of, out of it, I don't wanna be hard on that. Like, great, if you're, if you're no long, if you attribute your no longer being beholden to a conventional lender because of the content or rhetoric of what Dave Ramsey has told you, Great, yay, that's awesome. I mean fine. but the when we when we turn to like a more sophisticated kind of thing when we're when we're trying to solve problems like uh, the banking solving for the banking function, systematic, optimal long-term capital accumulation, the 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 rock example and the straw man yeah like you can't, yeah, it's like,
0: you, you, you can't <laughs> you've got to, you you know you're pointing out assumptions here. And, and they go further back. <clears throat> the assumption that term insurance is better than whole life solely based on the premium that you pay for the death benefit. Mm-hmm. Of course, term is cheaper than whole life when you look at a premium, out-of-pocket premium. But you can't, you have to discount every everything else. Right. Right? <clears throat> the uh, The fact that whether the death benefit will even pay at natural mortality is never considered with term insurance. And if you're like, well, you know I'm not going to I'm not going to live to age 80, so if I buy a 30-year term at age 50, I'll be fine. And then the assumption continues that I'm going to take that difference in premium and it's not $95 to the savings account, $5 to the death benefit. But if it was, if it were that great and that simple, if you take that $95 then and invest it, right, into that long-term growth stock mutual fund at 12%, year over year, over year, over year, right, you're gonna outlive the need for death benefit because you're gonna pile up all this capital yeah, Probably in a tax-deferred account. Oh, wait, right. the Roth is out there. Oh, wait, you can only put $6,000 a year into a Roth plus some catch up. Well, have fun. I know you can do the backdoor conversions. I get it. Mm-hmm. So the assumption is that term is better than whole life based solely on the premium. Discounts to every other characteristic on whole life insurance. And the just the miss, um, the M, it, it's a lie. He uses the word lie. It's a lie to say, well, the whole life came up with, or the the reason it's called whole life is because you pay a premium your whole life.
1: Oh, he says they take your money for your whole life. Oh, there that's you go. That's why it's whole life. Oh, they take your, money. take your money. You're getting took, for that's why it's called whole life.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I wonder how long Dave Ramsey's gonna take the church's money, his whole life or theirs? I don't know. It's just a question. <laughs> so, in the very beginning of all of this, is there are assumptions that are not addressed in this one episode or the previous episode. Maybe if you string all of his episodes together, all the assumptions will be clear.
1: Yeah. And then I listened to one, he had an insurance person on the guy has been the insurance broker for 35 years. And it was almost like he was a plant because what, well, I don't know the questions, the things that I would say if I called in, which I would never will, uh, would have been very different. Like, you know, the question would be like, who, who told you that it takes 30, 40, however many years to, to get cash value equal to or greater than your, your cost base? Like who, who told you that? And like, I wonder what he would say. You know, nobody asked that. We can go watch all the videos you want, nobody asked it. If, if somebody were going on and say, hey Dave, what's the effect on cash value growth if you split up the premium you pay to the company across the base and the PUA premium? Nobody asked him that question, right? Like, what I, the, the sycophancy is what it is. It's like somebody calls in and they're, you know, it's like, oh, Dave, you know, tell me the answer, you know, please. And so he, like, just mentioned uh, the word whole life so he can go on his,
0: you know, uh, apparently ad hominem you know off the cuff
1: response yes and it does it comes off like improvisational and he looks to be articulate in the moment (laughs) i just wonder how much of that is not planned ahead of time because it if you just listen to the the content of what they're saying as opposed to the rhetoric like i was saying before i understand the rhetoric could have gotten people out of a poor situation in the past and that okay fine great but rhetoric only goes so far and i know i get triggered and i'm like charismatic and emotive and all that stuff but i hope at the end of the day and i always try to check myself the the substance should be here like we need to be really clear on the technicalities of this so that it's not just flourish and the appearance of authority and not
0: verbally abusive right because we just manipulative it's all manipulation there are some there are some other assumptions you know the the other assumptions are that whole life, this premium and then the savings account attached, is, which is hogwash, but that assumes that you're not ever going to do anything with that whole life policy, that you're not ever going to invest because that's a comparison, mm-hmm. buying term and invest the difference mm-hmm. and put it in a long-term growth stock mutual fund, then wrap a qualified plan around it. I mean, how cozy can you be with the federal government and Wall Street? I mean, how, how? oh wait, and they, they're on your side, right? Wall Street's on your side, right? <laughs> and the federal government's on your side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the insurance companies may not be on your side either. I get it, but it's like, oh wait, um, can you control the market? No, can you control the tax rate? No, can you control inflation? No, you can only control your own actions. And, and a lot of people can't even control what comes out of their mouth or their own actions, right? So I get it. So we all have an opportunity to strengthen our discipline. I've said it before, I'm fresh out, I don't have any extra, right? But if I do control my cash flows, and I happen to be purchasing whole life insurance, oh wait, full disclosure, I'm a commissioned life insurance agent. I'm also a, an investment advisor and I get paid fees. Right, so just because I buy life insurance, that doesn't mean I'm not doing anything else. You know, right. Just narrow it down. I'm not ever going to invest in real estate. I'm not going to put my children through college. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do that. Um, it's the same method: the straw man, the emotive. Um, you got to set the 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 argument
1: for a pre. It's a pre. Con- it's a pre-engineered construct,
0: right? To have a have an expected outcome mm-hmm. in conclusion. So, oh. Talk about manipulative. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know what the future holds, and neither do you, right? And I, I'm telling you, in 1991, I go to work for a Fortune 50 company, buy term and invest the difference, and I bought into that hook, line, and sinker, had a bunch of orphan accounts, right? Mm. And you go out and see them, and they weren't, they weren't investing the difference. The market did not course, always go up. And then natural mortality, do you think that term was there? Nah, 99% of the time it's not. And I don't know how many times over the years I have spoke to, I should I should write a whole chapter in the book about the people that bought just this idea of buy term and invest the difference. That's only one fallacy that is foisted upon you, the unsuspecting American public, like. That's good because a commissioned salesperson is bad. Oh, but we don't have to think about anything else. It's all prepackaged for me. I'm going to buy a hook, line, and sinker, and I'm going to go down the road with yeah. Dixie. Oh, wait a minute. Then you turned 55 right after you had a heart attack and your life insurance is uh, no longer in force because you can't afford to pay the staggering premium. Mm. Right? Oh, wait. And then your family is left. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. So this is, but this this is is why why I really don't like to talk about all this stuff. Well, this is why I know, I know. But this this is why
1: I do like to talk about it because my clients have, I know some of yours have benefited in some way from him in the past. And then there's this, and there's others who never read Dave Ramsey and know that he doesn't like whole life. And they're like, who cares? I get that. And listen, we, you and me are on the same Uh, page. I've had
0: lots of clients because they've listened to Dave Ramsey about whole life. He's so adamantly against it they're like, oh, there must be something there and it caused them to go look at whole life.
1: Yeah, but I don't want, see, my thing is, I don't want people to feel, and I get the sense that they do because mm-hmm. people are, we're the people who do infinite making who really get it, we're, we're really all 100% on board, like true believer level kind of thing. And I mean, I am, I'll speak for myself. I'm that way. Okay. And so I can see that other people even like there's been people I've talked to on the phone who I can hear in their voice like they're afraid to say that they used to follow (laughs) Ramsey and it's like guys it's okay I'm not gonna be mad at you like there's it doesn't bother me like he doesn't bother me because I see through the the construct like I it's there's no mention of the word capital. There's no discussion of like maximizing your lifetime long-term purchasing power. He's doing something else. Yep. And that's for somebody else. And it may have been for you at a prior time in your life. And that's fine. Like, But, uh, but that's what I want to address. Like, It's okay. We, you could have had a prior relationship with his educational material in the past. And now you don't. Because when you know better, you do better. And that's fine. Uh, so I, it's like I empathize. And I recognize that he is a skilled rhetorician, like he's a good orator. <laughs> yes. I mean that and and props to him. He's, but, a, good, he's a great pitch man. Yeah. And and, and you know what of course he's successful in 2021 America. Like that is the thing to do. Like he, that's like
0: the, the that's the same as saying, Oh, diets are very successful in 2021 America. Right. You know, I talked to underwriters all day long and it's like, well, James are high and weight is this. And I'm like, yes, it's called being an American.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Issue the policy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we like standard, please. You know, I'm just saying.
1: Like, but so I, I mean, I, so I, I want to say like, I want to say two things. I'm, I empathize with the recognition because I have family who I know. Thinking of someone in particular, Uh-oh. who I know listen. They probably to don't him, listen anyway. And I have a great relationship with. Oh, they don't listen to this for sure. I have a great relationship <laughs> with the family member, oh. and and I was like, I know she's like, she. Oh, likes we're narrowing it down lot, now, and she knows that I'm that I that I do what I do. And I think it it creates an awkward situation for me. But haven't you haunted her trying
0: to sell her whole life insurance? You know, it's like, isn't that
1: that the... uh, I hope uh, not.
0: I don't think I have. Well, I'm I'm sure you haven't. (laughs) I would hope not, too. But I mean, isn't that the implication? The scummy life insurance salesman is going to track you down, hunt you down, and everything that comes out of their mouth is like less than honest.
1: Yeah. 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 it's like it's like someone finds out you do whole, uh, life insurance or whole life or IBC yeah. and suddenly you're toxic like, it's like, <laughs> you get close you might shed off some of that yeah. vaccine or something <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's a
0: lot of shedding that's going on no question about that look it reminds me here I gotta share this uh, email because this came in uh, about a week ago <laughs> God bless her Okay.
1: <clears throat> my he husband. Did, he didn't huh? tell me about this. So this is not
0: But it fits right in because this is a result of noise, the lack of clarity, and promoting fallacies. Mm-hmm. This is a result, right? It keeps people in bondage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people, yes, that can use the the uh, a guide path, uh, whomever it's from, how to get out of debt, right? We're all born in, in my opinion, we're all born into this debt slave construct, and we need to be free. We need to be out of debt. There's no question about that, right? Okay. My husband is interested in whole life insurance based on the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. I just took that to read. He is. I'm not. He reads. I don't. Oh, you told okay. about this. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm seeking information to understand the process to make an educated decision. Please, there's over 100 hours of video and audio at no cost on this channel. At no cost. If you... I don't know. Read the book that your husband wrote or read. Yeah. Right. Be on the same page if you're if you're married. It's okay to be on the same page, right? Um, so if you really want to know and understand, and you want information, it's available at no cost or low cost. You can spend three hundred dollars buying Nelson's two books and a six and a half hour uh, DVD series and. You should be pretty much golden. And then, if you talk to somebody who is educated in the infinite banking concept and not just out trying to do a click funnel or low tripwire, you know. Um, okay. She wants to make an educated decision, but she doesn't want to read, and she doesn't want to. She just just answer a few questions. Like let's narrow it down to the dividend. Let's narrow it down to the policy loan interest rate. Let's narrow it down to the life insurance company rating. Let's narrow it down to one singular thing that that I can disagree with because I don't want to do it like my husband does. I don't know. I may be reading too much into this. Right, I'm like the amazing Kreskin, you know, <laughs> what? Johnny Carson. I know I'm showing my age. Wow. It's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, all right.
1: No, I know who Johnny Carson is.
0: All right. Well, do you know who the Amazing Creskin is? No. Well, you have an opportunity to find out. All right. We currently both have term life. Perfect. I see you've, you know, buying that Kool Aid, of buying term and investing the difference. Oh, but no, we're 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 relatively young, and we don't even max out our Roth IRA. Exactly. You're doing exactly what half of what you're told to do or encouraged to do and not the other half right we're self-employed with three toddlers i can't think of a i can't think of a, a business or a family with three toddlers who doesn't have a ferocious need for capital i mean this is the very reason that you should read the book that your husband read the very reason yeah. right okay now i'm not looking for a sales pitch Good, because we're oh. fresh out, right? <laughs> um, there's, you can go pitching where I grew up is in the game of baseball or woo. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, but an understanding of how the process works read, listen. <laughs> that this is sad. This is a sad result of listening to noise and remaining ignorant, remaining in the state of not knowing what to do. Right? And then the lady happened to call my... That came in on a weekend, last weekend. Then she called the office, my office, spoke to my wonderful sister, Julie, and the lady was demanding that Julie answer her questions.
1: Oh, I'm sure that went well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it didn't go well at all. So my point here is that if you want an understanding, don't listen to five and seven minute clips. I don't care how many are strung together. You know, do your own legitimate research. Do your own legitimate reading and watching. And weigh both sides. There's no question. It's, you know, get all the term and invest the difference. Go buy into and expose yourself to all the noise out there. IUL and every uh, former mortgage lender that moved into the life insurance business right Um, and and that uses this incorrect terminology you know to sell you a product I mean the life insurance industry has earned dang near every black eye that they've gotten you know so there's a certain amount of huckster factor in every industry even in the church God forbid oh wait you pile up a bunch of people and Man, perfection left immediately
1: mm-hmm. and, and i'm that, just that turns uh, a lot of people off too like the which one the finger wagging in the church environment yeah you know the, the it's all cloaked in the moral <laughs> righteousness language and
0: it's virtue signaling to the nth degree
1: yeah whatever works um
0: okay well there was five truths in there
1: you did. You spy and you. That was. I was impressed. Was I couldn't listen
0: to the others. I had no desire to listen to the disparagement of all the other uh, things that he talked about. You know, lumping everybody together and
1: timeshare salesmen, used car salesmen, furniture financiers, yeah, and lease fleecers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of them.
0: Yeah, and it's like you know that that attitude, you know, like this attitude. It's like the rock collector. I loved when he's like, <laughs> "Oh, I, my cheap self." I endured this presentation. Oh my gosh! And I tried to, I'm you know, so uh, disparage up. the guy or be rude enough to be thrown out. But I endured to get whatever free merchandise that I they were offering. I oh I my gosh! What's the that. difference between that and a prostitute? Please I tell could. me. <laughs> We've just priced your time. I'm just asking. Oh wait, the prostitute has real value. <laughs>
1: Tell me where I'm wrong. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) don't skip over a lot of that. So I could not believe this. At the end of the clip. I need to get that far. The Rock Rock Collector co-host goes in. He's talking about the Dave Ramsey brought up timeshare salesman. They do these 90-minute presentations where they'll buy you lunch. It's a free meal as long as you listen to them for 90 minutes. Have you been to one? I have not been to one. So uh, I don't want to say the guy's name. Rock Collector co-host was telling a story about how when he was younger he went to one and his intention like his stated intention going in was to be rude to the presenter and that and and and, and so then rock collector like is on the show with dave is giving props to the timeshare sales guy who toughed it out and like survived his rigorous <laughs> criticism right or whatever and yeah. but 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 rock collector guy came out ahead. He had to Be, give up his merchandise. He, because he you know. got all the free stuff that yeah. was handed out during the event. Cheap. And, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's who we want to listen to for financial advice. Yeah, the guy, yeah. Who's, the guy who's selling his resume templates for $9.99 on his website. Oh, who, go, who, who goes to uh, timeshare sales events in order to give the speaker a hard time? So you get free, so can get no. free merchandise. I wonder if he's
0: repackaging the merchandise <laughs> on <his. laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> Is
1: like, it RockCollector.com? I could kind of see Dave <laughs> <like> <laughs> squirming and he's like, "Shut up, shut up, shut up!" <laughs> like, oh. like, like I think the clip ended shortly after that because why would you say that? Why would you? It, oh. People who say things like that, it's like. Okay, just like you're saying, it, it reveals the value of their time sure. when you start telling people what you're giving your time away for. Uh, it's, it's like, hmm, the same thing we were talking about in the past with other agents and like whether or not they're aware of the opportunity cost of, of doing certain things as opposed to just serving clients. Uh, it's like, whoo, and I think Dave knew that a little bit because he got a little squirmy and. And then it ended <laughs> like, who would say that?
0: I would have to actually watch it and pay attention to I'm not interested, but you're probably right. You're pretty observant.
1: I just think like, it's not going anywhere. I'm sure there's gonna be another video. Like I noticed a trend, it's every few months, he'll take a caller who has a whole life question. And then he gets, he does a yeah, little ranty you know, let thing.
0: Me, let me say, <clears throat> I me mean, take the opportunity that, you know, if you sell your life insurance on the open market, Mm-hmm. right it is not good for you I know there's a whole industry out there that buys life insurance you know and they tout it up oh you can't afford it you didn't need all that you didn't die now you got to do something better for yourself or however it's promoted right and they've got all these investment companies that are startup to buy your life insurance policy right on the open market, it's a private asset. You have that right to do that. It's not good for you, right? And I've talked about this before. Or if you sell your life insurance, a life insurance industry considers that you are selling your mortality. And it does, it jacks with their actuarial assumptions, right? So it's not good for you. So if you're honest on an application, they're all gonna say, have you ever sold or have you ever have you entered into an agreement to sell your life insurance? And when you say yes, they're not issuing the policy. So it is not good for you. Okay. However, if you own some of this trash value life insurance that you can't afford to pay the premium on because you're <laughs> cheap or your, you know, your ELP premiums cost are eating you up, whatever the case may be. Maybe you have a client as an ELP, an endorsed local provider that has some trash value life insurance look me up. I'll write you a check for it. I'll buy it. Right. <laughs> and I'm just telling you up front, it's not good for you. I
1: mean, if it's that dang bad, get rid of it quickly. Yeah. And, but that's the worst part. There is a secondary market yes. for a personally held dividend. Why
0: would an life. investment company buy life insurance policies on the open market? What could they possibly be interested in? Of course they don't want you to die. They're
1: benevolent, right? And I wonder what the price is set at. What? hmm, Huh. be more or less than the cash value. Wait, do you think they're
0: going to buy term insurance? (laughs) Or do you think they're going (laughs) to buy
1: permanent life insurance, huh? Oh, huh. Yeah, is there a secondary market for term? Why wouldn't they
0: just put all their money into the market and get a long-term growth stock mutual fund that produces 12% year-over-year returns? Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Wait, (laughs) oh, wait, because the hedge fund companies can't even do that? But the... Fictitious alternative to one of the smartest things that an all-American individual can do is this fictitional twelve percent long-term <laughs> growth stock mutual fund. Yeah, the markets were up twenty-five and thirty percent last year. Perfect.
1: It's a Madoff return, huh? It's a Madoff Wait, return. Oh my goodness! It oh one percent a month. I got nothing but forever
0: love and peace. Right. I'm just saying, if you don't, you shouldn't sell your life insurance. So don't carve out a clip, right? Do not sell your life insurance. However, if you can't see your way clear, and it's gotta, you gotta <laughs> unload so, you're it. you're so
1: burdened by the, the premium of ownership of uh, this contract. <laughs> I think I
0: said it in that white coat investor, that guy who's mm. like uh, posing as a financial person, selling their products, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you cannot afford your whole life insurance policy issued by a mutual company, there's lots of people that will. And investment companies will buy them all the Listen, long.
1: insurance, maybe you're, there is such a thing as maximum insurance levels. People can only buy so much. And once all that insurability is used up, you want to go get another policy, you got to have an insurable interest in somebody or you got to buy one on the secondary market. Only so many options here. But I want to say, as we, over an hour now, which is fine, but. Um, in closing, like this, is, well, this <laughs> And it didn't have to be, but this is. Like the article that I, I remember, Nelson, every time something like this comes up, you mentioned the white coat investor person. We've done a, a prior response thing with Dave in the past. Like anytime this comes up, I've written things on you know Gary North, other uh, uh, the people who I can't name because they sent a the freaking cease and desist letter. Cowards. Um, so that they know who they are. <laughs> they know who they are. Yeah. Um, oh, anytime this comes up, I'm, I remember Nelson and that Gary North experience when he was still with us. He was, you know, on the phone with me. Listen, you know, don't spend all that time in the dark. Focus on the light. Don't get down in the mud with them. Focus on the good. You know, let that be. And but then he went the call back saying no. You know, it needed to be said. it you know, the, Nelson the lighted, called
0: dark. him back after the one article. Yeah, that's the callback that you're referring to.
1: To say no, it was right, and it, it does, the the light and darkness thing. You know, we want to focus on the light. We want to stay in the light. We don't want to mess around in the dark or, or hang out in the noise or in the mud all the time. And I get all that, but at the end of the day, those are metaphors and in reality <laughs> it's not as easy to see what's dark what's mud or what's noise and so we kind of presume when we've used that language that we know what that is that we know which things fall in those boxes yeah but that's not the case and it's it, it might be the case for me or for you or for other people who know but for uh, for new clients for current clients for people who have been surrounded by this maybe their whole lives if not you know throughout generations of their family people thinking this kind kind of way it isn't easy for everybody to s- separate the two and to see what the noise is and to see what the truth is or to see light and dark and so m- all, my what what I hope I'm accomplishing in writing the article and bringing it up on the show and wanting to talk about it now is to give people the vocabulary Mm -hmm. and the understanding so that they can properly classify between what is noise and what is not. Like, and we can spend all day, I can certainly spend all day talking about rhetoric and style and aesthetics and the whole, the construct, the marketing, the click funnel, all that, and all of it's legitimate. There's a place for all that, but there's also a place for the technical, raw economics of the situation and like what is specifically technically wrong so hopefully what people get out of this is legitimate commentary on the whole rhetorical style the whole smoke and mirror style but also what i don't see anywhere else on the internet is addressing the technical specifics of why he's wrong And I think in the article, I do that. I think it's got something to do with the misunderstanding of cash value and and how it grows over time relative to your cost basis. I I think because he doesn't get that or because he refuses to talk about things in those terms, he doesn't understand how a policy loan, which is a tax-free cash flow, as long as the policy is not a mech would be a really great thing. Uh, And that prevents, it hamstrings the whole discussion so that we can't talk about all the other layers about the idea that capital attracts opportunity, right? We can't talk about how the landscape of economic possibility changes when you, the individual knows that you can get to more money, more capital by contract on demand when you want to use for what you want, right? We can't even have that discussion and and talk about what financial life could look like because we're hamstrung by an example that is pre-engineered to achieve a desired outcome. Right. And so, and that's all the rhetoric. That's the setup. That's the construct. And we do need to articulate and isolate and identify that so that people can see it for what it is. But it is also, at the same time, there is content that's being, you know, force fed through that construct. And we do want to deconstruct or debunk the, the content too. And so the, the problem technically is. That I think he has a misunderstanding of cash value. It's not money. Cash value isn't money. It's not a savings account. It's not like a savings account. It's not a checking account. It's it's capital. It's equity. It's the abstract financial value of an asset you own. That's what that is. And if that doesn't fit in a box you already have conceptually, like you don't don't if you don't know where to put that, that be that that's an opportunity to expand the frontiers of knowledge. Right? We got to figure out a new box to put in a new concept and that's we have to Capital is a thing. Like we have to deal with that. Like I don't know. There, in the article I talk about how there's a there is a hostility in a certain part of the financial business and in a certain section of the public that buys financial products that wants to remain ignorant. They want to remain uninformed or misinformed. Like there's a, a, a there's an implicit hostility to drawing nuanced, careful distinctions. Right? There it's like, well, it's all just semantics. You're all just using different words and trying to confuse me. It's like some people are doing that but the people who are doing that are capitalizing on your reluctance to rethink your thinking right that's why the bombastic rhetoric heavy content light style can be so successful online is because we refuse to engage with the underlying economics of the situation right we refuse to develop like to ask the big philosophical question what are we even trying to accomplish in the in the financial context like, specifically, actually, literally, not figuratively, not metaphorically. the That snowman and the, uh, you know, having all these metaphors. It's like the rocks and the lawn. It's like, oh my God, like at some point, we have to get <laughs> irritated by that. Like, that has to, at some point, that has to not be enough. At some point, the rhetoric and the style and the flourish and the production and the, 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 the 7,000 video postings a day, like the, the click funnels, all that eventually has to be enough. And at some point, we got to say, oh, can we please, God, get into the, the actual <laughs> substance of what you're talking about? Then I have to read then i have to think no yeah no we can't no well, on a seven minute video we're just gonna look, <laughs> we're just gonna learn to look deeper into stuff and yeah, right, <laughs> i'm right, so right. glad dave that we're here to look deeper into things it's like oh my gosh we can really help him research <laughs> just buy my 9.99 resume template pack because i'm america's career coach <laughs> it's like you can't even say with a straight Listen, face babe, i mean god I, bless
0: i don't you. even have time to track down rock movers or collectors you know i'm not interested I think at the end of the day, banking. You know, they they self banking is about. They mentioned they on purpose avoided yes. using some words, right? But let's everybody continue jumping over who's performing the banking function in your <laughs> life, Wall Street, the banking system. Let's just jump completely over that and go. I mean, Nelson did it very well. We're all looking for this 10% rate of return. While the problem is 34 and a half cents at a minimum is going right through your hands. Direct financing cost and lost opportunity cost. And so, um, this get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt is really addressing that. Mm -hmm. All that lost opportunity and direct interest. Um, So, and I get that. But the banking function is 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 the continued banking function is jumped over. If I have no debt and I'm paying cash for something, I'm financing that. You can't, just because you don't agree or can't wrap your mind around the fact that whenever you buy something, that money is never gonna earn a nickel in interest forever. Generational, beyond your life, beyond the next life. I mean, so if we jump over that and then just focus on the big, mean Wall Street or the big, mean, you know, life insurance industry or the big, mean commission guy. But then you're, as Nelson used to say, you know, you're swallowing camels and straining at gnats, Mm -hmm. which is biblical. I mean, that's where he got it. So, oh, the ELP provider, he's got it. They've got to have an income. Just don't call it commission. Oh, wait, that's what you call it. in Real estate. All right. Commissions and fees and it's like oh my gosh let's narrow the argument down to one simple fundamental and just exactly and very well said jump over the whole idea of capital what the hell are we <laughs> doing
1: yeah. right yeah <sighs> yeah so, you mentioned you mentioned something about opportunity cost and a little bit i want to just draw it out because this, so i think it's so great the uh you give a little bit of economic terminology. And these the financial entertainment types are. I think it's you know a revelation. They discovered a new economic term. So <laughs> opportunity. But what you okay? Opportunity cost the value of the next best alternative foregone when you make a certain purchase. Okay, great. And and when and but then you can add a a, a present valuation to that. Right. It's oh, not just the not not just the next best alternative. It's the present value of whatever the next best alternative would have been. But a point that you just made there, if you understand the infinite banking concept in an intergenerational context, what? and that you're you know a premium dollar today is going to have a ripple effect forever for as long as your people can wrap their minds around what whole life insurance is and what capital is, All right? So the, the effect of a premium, that's a, that's a dollar a death benefit, that death benefit's going to be future premium, which is going to result in more death benefit, which is going to be more future premium and on and on and on as far down. Okay, so there's a, a, an infinite lifetime effect of a transaction today, which means that when you're doing that opportunity cost calculation, the duration over which you do the present valuing is infinite let that sink in the the, the duration over which you let's not
0: use that word criticizing Nelson's work oh yeah please and please let's keep let's and I don't want to like you know what if you know better you should do better if you don't know you should learn you should have an opportunity do not why would you want to remain ignorant you you wouldn't you shouldn't right i don't think people do i don't really think they do either but when yeah. they settle for such a base uh argument mm. such a simplified argument well you pay a higher premium for the death benefit no kidding and discount every other <laughs> all right well <laughs> how, how about let's look, let's look at every you know you talk about taxes here taxes you know uh any withdrawal above your basis is taxable great then don't do it how about that i don't know okay so let's look at the church a tax-free entity right A, a oh my god oh no way i know this can add into the so yeah a whole series of uh podcasts it's not even noon yet we got all day oh okay <laughs> and you know let's say that little old town i live in is five thousand people right mm-hmm. I wonder how many people die in this town every year. I don't know. There are two funeral homes that stay pretty busy. All right. And I don't know how many church organizations are at 5,000 or better. Some of these mega churches are twenty five. I wonder why 200,000, $150,000 tax-free income each week selling merchandise. Mm. Oh, well, they're mm. going to be okay, aren't they? Mm. Okay. But all the people in that house, right? Mm. All right. <laughs> so, and I don't want to very too far here but let's just think about this for a minute if everybody in the church owned a life insurance policy mm. that was permanent that would pay at their natural mortality because even you whenever you graduate's not even your business you don't even know right okay so how are you going to go buy a 30 year term product and i'm going to die in the next 30 years really yikes talk
1: about playing god
0: oh hey listen i've had clients their their siblings Become uninsurable. They have a twenty or thirty year term, and they at expedite their graduation Jeez. so Ooh. there's a death benefit paid. Yeah, and I can document all that. Yes, I can. Okay, look, we're mm. listen. We're, these are more what we're talking about is more than just a nice seven minute clip or an hour and twenty minute rant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so you tell me, does it cost money to support the missionaries around the world? Yeah, sure does. Okay, does it cost money to build the church buildings and all the out, yep, buildings and all the other projects that you're, yeah. Does it cost money to buy all the buses and to fund all the activities? Yeah, yes, it does. Yeah. Is somebody, is everybody in that church going to graduate? Yes, yes, it is. Oh, but wait a minute now. If uh, and, and and I'm just talking about their tax exempt status. If we can have a whole conversation on that, really, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give I'm gonna grant you a tax exempt status. So I'm gonna mute you on what you can and cannot talk about. Mm-hmm. All right, even if life insurance premium and cash values uh, were tax free, and they can be, right? No question. Would I give a damn? what the federal government says I can or can't talk about? No, I wouldn't, but until we get there, Mm. you have, I don't know, 100, 500 people in a congregation that that are, you know, the church has to put their money somewhere, right? Why wouldn't they buy life insurance? Because they don't understand all the characteristics of life insurance. Why don't they? Because they're willingly taking the low-hanging fruit. This really sounds good from this guy who's making a ton of money selling merchandising in God's house, and so, and he's arrogant and he's a bully. So I'm I'm attracted to that.
1: And half the elder counselor works for Edward Jones. And
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> let me tell you what. You talk to, you, and you ministers, you know this. You talk to a minister or a preacher an evangelist or whomever about life insurance or anything different financially that they're doing. It's like, whoa, well, my biggest donor is an investment advisor. You can't, I can't do that. I can't do this. Really? And tell me how free you are. Tell me how free and independent you are. Oof. Yeah, Oof. so you can't have true freedom without financial freedom. I don't care who I don't care who you are. So I'm just saying, there's a whole um, topic subject. You know, Nelson used to say, if uh, if uh, with charitable giving and life insurance, you could change the world, and you could. <laughs> but if we can't talk about it in the church. You know who's really losing. So there are results. There, there, there uh, you know, there are ramifications of what we do and how we say things that we say and what we push and what we promote.
1: And that—that's why the IBC has to be individual. Right? It's what? It's got to be. It has to be bottom up. It can't be institutional in any respect. Right? It's not going to be force-fed through the universities, and it sure ain't going to be for- force-fed through the church. Right? It's not going to be force-fed Wall through Street. any institution. Right? It's not going to be on. You're not going to find it on any kind of Wall Street or Wall Street-enabled program or any big production thing. Right? It, it's got to be direct to consent only like using the terminology but it's got to be direct to the individual it's in the
0: the bottom up you know the whole idea of life insurance and mutuality is at the you and me level free contract with free people at the you and me level i don't want somebody else telling me dictating what i do or what i don't do or the agreements and relationships that i can enter into yeah
1: and it's actually that simple (laughs) like we don't have to i have clients all the time who are and God bless them, they're just trying to do better. I get it. But they want to know how best to use their cash value, or how best to use a policy loan, or how best to use their capital. And it's like, okay, that you know, and we've talked, I've talked about it before on the podcast. Capital attracts opportunity. Who knows what opportunity is going to come your way? It's and it's by the way, it's also okay to systematically build up a whole bunch of capital. In fact, that's the point. That's the point. Listen. Is just to build up a whole bunch of capital. You will
0: increase your uh, ability to recognize an opportunity, the more capital. That's so
1: underemphasized. It, it is <laughs> telling it, you it, it's it's mutually causal, right? Like the having a lot of capital itself affects your ability to identify opportunity. What? Right? It, it's, it's as if to know what the right use of the cash value would be, you've got to first build it, right? and, and then you'll know right? <laughs> the opportunity will make. But it I gotta
0: sense. know now.
1: Yeah, which I get. I, mean, I got to know what's going to happen in the future as unknown as it is. I got to know now. Which is why I really love what you said in the past. It's like the, and maybe something came before this and you, you'll tell me, but the part that I always hook on to is that the idea is to prepare to be called. That's Leonard E. Reed. Uh-huh. What Nelson. was the first part
0: of it? Nelson's mentor. Do you go only where there, called.
1: There you go. Yeah but be prepared but be worthy worthy to be
0: called so you have to prepare to be worthy
1: there you go I'm telling you that's that is that's the philosophy right there and then building capital is how that's done that's right
0: well, perfect. I'm glad you ramped it on for that last 10 minutes, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Opened up a whole new this frontier. This here. I think people like these episodes too, where we're discussing what else is out there. I know you don't like doing it, but there is, good things come from it. Well,
0: what I do, these poor people are getting beat up every day and taken advantage of. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm just trying to save people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But I'm trying to encourage people, right?
0: I want to encourage you that you can become your own banker. You do not have to be beholden to the third party lender or Wall Street. And you can lay the, the groundwork, be the example for your future prodigy. You step up, show them how it's done, and quit listening to the noise. Unless you know you're arrogant. And that arrogance, you know, resonates with you. If the that grace resonates. for me and law for you, bitch you keep keep going. Is it's like no problem. There's there. lots of it. Yeah.
1: You spend all day. <laughs> spend all year. Got another COVID season doing You know, it. listen <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you angry?
0: You know, it's like you people are the if you're gonna have anybody to be angry at you, it's these people. I'm, and I'm really not, and you know, people. That,
1: and that's why I wanted to address it in the way I have today. Is that people are like uh, they're afraid to mention the name Dave Ramsey on the phone with me? It's like, guys, it, it, it's okay. Like, I, it, it, it's not going to bother me. It doesn't.
0: My and, heart goes out to the people that I have spoke with, and, and of course, it, it, I mean, if we're beholden to, I mean, if we're drowning in debt. Nobody wants to remain there. Yeah. Right? So, uh, the method of getting out of debt: smallest balance first. Oh, wait a minute living on spending less than you earn what a concept okay so once we get out of debt then what you know, then what? And you don't pile up all this Uber debt because you have an Uber
1: amount of discipline. It really boils down to discipline. And I go, I go back to this too with people with getting out of debt. The only reason, like the reason getting out, the reason to having a lower number on the right side of the balance sheet is a good thing is because that means you're subtracting less from the left side. So that the margin, which is called capital, <laughs> is a bigger number. What? Right? Like that's <clears throat> the re, the reason debt repayment from the outset is a good thing is because it means more capital so it's the the debt repayment idol is couched within the broader landscape of building capital And so if we want to not put the cart before the horse, we might first start with addressing, okay, do we have a system, a plan? Are we being deliberate? Are we intentional about how we build capital so that when we go to do other things like pay off debt so that we can have more capital, we know what we're going to do with it.
0: And if (laughs) we don't, the opportunity will appear. It will appear,
1: which is why the the, which is why I'm really not mad about Dave because what I see about what hit what he's doing. Okay, the debt repayment that's under that falls under the umbrella of optimal capitalization, and and he doesn't talk about capital anyway. So it's like he's just he's doing that thing, and that's okay. You know when he's got his shtick that he's selling.
0: You know. Yeah, and, and he's got to do everything to support that. You can't automatically or just all of a sudden be faced with the truth, legitimate, and then reverse everything that you've done for the last thirty years. I mean, can you imagine how much character it would take to do that?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the entire professional reputation would be gone. I mean, he he's built this brand of. Uh, which is the danger in building this kind of brand (laughs) of just being hard on what other people are doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like...
0: Well, my heart goes out to these people that have bought into this uh, beans and rice philosophy for 10, 15, and 20 years. Teach it in their congregation, lead their family down that path. And then their health changes, and they don't have Mm -hmm. a death benefit at natural mortality. And or... They never accumulated this capital, or when they did accumulate the capital in this long-term growth stock mutual fund savings account, notice all of that wordage is not even correct. Hmm. Um, then it wasn't there. You know, the market really didn't go up one way Einbahnstrasse, and or their uh, their business deals fell through. Um, And or they had to be beholden to the third party lender anyway. And then the third party lender shows up when things go wrong and starts uh, accepting the collateral (laughs) that was collateralizing the uh, non-performing loan. Right. Oh, don't let's not ever talk about any of that. Mm. Let's not talk. And so then the next generation, that big old windfall that could have been to the next generation or the next generation, not really going to be there. But, you know, they'll have another opportunity to, you know, do over. Yeah. I don't know. How many times do you want your people to do it over and over and over? I don't know. I, a, I don't know. I'm Irish and Scottish. Hell, we've been doing it for centuries.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Got, time is scarce. Got to break that off, man. Well, I had fun. I hope this helps. I think it does. I hope it does, too. People should have some fun with it, but I think that we did a good job isolating the actual technical economics of why he's wrong. Hopefully that serves people in some way.
0: It will. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.